So, it seems that, well, JD from NY206 and just Alex and even Solomonster have done the impossible in the eyes of a lot of folks. They've basically taken the gloves off when it comes to basically letting AEW have it. And what I mean by that is it's no longer the honeymoon phase anymore. The honeymoon phase is over. And now reality is starting to set in. But the obvious question a lot of people have is why? Why is this happening? Why is AEW, why is Tony Khan, you know, losing it at a time that they shouldn't? Well, I think there's a reason, if not several reasons. First of all, I think one of the biggest reasons, and I've mentioned this before, is I just take my time there to be able to chapter this on, but basically the biggest reason in my opinion is the fact that they're trying to impress the new bosses and I'm not talking new owners of AEW no I'm talking their television bosses I'm talking their uh, distributor boss you know the di television distributor uh, bosses that being Warner Brothers Discovery that being the likes of David Zaslav, Kathleen Finch. And the reason is because of the fact that even though word is out that, you know, the WBD is behind them, you know, very favorably, and that could lead to more financial support, which could also mean in the grand scheme of things, you know, more money uh, at expanding shows like Rampage, more money for better production values, and more money to potentially sign more talent. And the reason that's probably the number one reason as to why AEW is in the state that it is right now is because, like I said, they're trying to impress them. They're trying to do, you know, what they feel is going to keep the company in the favor of David Zaslav, Kathleen Finch, and those at Warner Brothers Discovery, and hopefully prevent AEW from, you know, being put on the list of potential shows and programmings that David Zaslav will potentially decide to take what everybody has called his acts of Zaslav, you know, uh, upon to, if you will, basically cut it loose, you know, cut ties with it. And obviously Tony Khan doesn't want that, neither does anybody in AEW. But, you know, why is that the number one reason? Why is that the number one reason, besides what I've just mentioned? Well, we've heard a lot of rumors that David Zaslav and his crew are not very favorable of scripted programming. You know, they're not very favorable of that. So... One can assume that Tony Khan, you know, basically putting AEW in the situation that it's in right now, uh, is trying to make it feel as organic and unscripted as possible to continue winning over that favoritism from David Zaslav, from Kathleen Fitz, from Warner Brothers Discovery. 
and the more that they do that the more they feel it's going to you know keep them you know in the good graces of the new uh, television bosses the new distributing bosses if you will uh, because obviously if you have unpredictable chaos in which even those that talk about AEW don't even understand what's going on because it feels like you're throwing you know shit on the wall to see what sticks you know you know obviously they feel going in that direction Tony Khan that is is what someone like Zaslav wants because you know he's not somebody that's a fan of scripted television and everybody knows that if you research it most times no matter how you view it wrestling is somewhat of a scripted you know program it is a scripted genre scripted sport if you will and if you make it feel unscripted organic you know like basically unpredictable even to those that you know are kind of confused as to what you're doing then that's probably in someone like Tony Khan's mindset the best direction to go to give the new bosses the new distributing television bosses you know what they like and if it isn't obvious that they're trying to please uh, these new bosses is it, if it isn't obvious take a look over the past month or so alright take a look over the past month We've had two dynamites and rampages that have been themed after several uh, events associated with Warner Brothers Discovery. We've had uh, Shark Week, if you will, where we had basically Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho's Bob Wire Everywhere match um, promoted by Shark Week by having the JAS, majority of them anyway, um, in, locked and hung above inside a shark cage. And all you had to do to prevent their interference was ban them from ringside, ban them from the building. I'm just saying. Which would have made more sense. Which is why people feel that that Barbara Everywhere match was overbooked because you didn't really need the shark cage because you knew what was going to happen if you catch my drift. And if that's not a big enough um, visual example to, you know, kind of tie into what I'm saying, look at recently. Look at recently with the House of Dragon themed uh, shows on Dynamite and Rampage to promote the premiere of House of Dragons on HBO and HBO Max. It's like, you know, they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to promote the House of Dragon, you know, on or theme their show after House of Dragons. They didn't have to do that. They could have just, you know, left it as is. They could have maybe in passing say hey by the way tune in right after dynamite onto hbo max or hbo and watch the new house of dragon series that's all they had to do they didn't have to have house of dragon plastered all over 
the uh, the ringside area and the ring and all that. They didn't have to do that, but yet it was there. And that's just another vis big visual example of them kissing up as best as they can and giving in to what the new vi the new television distributing bosses, you know, at one of us Discovery, you know, want or what they believe they would like to keep favoritism, you know, to keep them in the keep AEW in the good graces, and you know that and everything that I've mentioned. You know, possibly is the number one reason why AEW is in the state that it is. Because the top priority right now for Tony Khan is to please his new bosses. His new distributing television bosses to try to get that new um, television deal. That sweet financial television deal that will allow them to expand shows like Rampage. Maybe open the door potentially to do some Ring of Honor shows on TNT and TBS um, to have better production, to have, you know, more talent on their roster and, and think, you know, and, you know, and the like, and probably more stuff, you know, uh, in the future, more stuff that can help them, you know, be bigger and more expanded. But, but the thing is, you know, it, it's one thing to do all that and that's great. You know, especially if you want to have a new sweet deal. You know, it's one thing to do all that. But, you know, it's another to make that a priority and not make the company that you founded, that you own the priority and make the fan base, which you came out yourself at the very beginning and said they were going to be the priority, you know, it's another to not make them or keep them that priority and keep the promotion that you help make for them the priority. Instead, you're making, hey, you know, let me please my new distributing uh, television bosses my priority. And that's what's causing, one of the main reasons I think is causing a lot of chaos in AEW. Now, could I be wrong about it? Absolutely. But I don't think I am. I, I don't think I really am. Um, I really don't. Then, let's take a look at the second reason. The second reason, I've talked about this too, is I think since Triple H has taken over as head of creative, as head of exec, as the executive vice president of talent relations, you know, I think ever since he has taken those positions and we've seen a lot of the changes happening on WWE television, whether it's at pay-per-views or Monday Night Raw, the Friday Night Smackdowns, you know, we have seen a gradual change for the better. We've seen talent make the return that we didn't think would make a return. You know, we've seen, you know, the ratings going up. We've seen and heard about sellouts happening, you know, for shows and even pay-per-views that, you know, are upcoming. Like, let's say WrestleMania, for example, in Los Angeles. That's near a sellout, you know, faster than it was, you know, when it was in Texas this past year in Dallas. So, you know, for that to be, 
you know, happening is a good thing. You know, you have all the all the momentum of a pot. You have all this momentum, basically, you know, swiftly changing in the favor of WWE. Basically, they're taking a lot of the momentum that AEW had, Tony Khan had, and they're putting it over to their side of the equation. They're bringing it over to their side. I mean, I think honestly, then. I think the cherry on top so far um, for this um, you know for this momentum shift I believe was this past Monday I, I believe it was I believe it was this past Monday with the return of Johnny Gargano because everybody was wondering wait a minute Johnny is appearing in these vlogs for Ethan Page and Sammy Guevara you know that seems like he's more than likely heading to AEW he's going to be all elite everybody had that impression and had Vince McMahon still been in charge then yeah that probably would have been a reality um, happening uh, this past week in Cleveland but it didn't you know because since Triple H took over Everybody was saying, well, Kit Rose back, Killer Cross is back, Dakota Kai's back, you know, who's next? And everybody was saying, Johnny's got to be the next one. Johnny's got to be the big coup de gras uh, for, for Hunter. And lo and behold, he was. He was, but he didn't, but he didn't do what pretty much everybody would say right now, looking at it from a logical standpoint. You know, you know, he didn't do what Tony Khan would do. He didn't wait, you know, until they were in Cleveland to do it. No, he waited till they were outside of Cleveland. You know, and he didn't spill the beans. He didn't say, you know, go online and say, hey, a certain Mr. Wrestling is going to be in Cleveland or a certain Mr. Wrestling, you know, is going to be in Cleveland to sign his contract and all that. No, he kept it hidden. He kept it so hidden to the point that nobody in the back even knew about Johnny's return until it happened. Or until he walked through that, you know, uh, building and everybody saw him. That's when they became aware. And then, of course, the, the people watching at home and the people in attendance, you know, in Toronto, you know, became aware just a little after that as well. So Triple H didn't come out and blab about it or hint at it happening. You know, he waited. He didn't wait until they were in Cleveland to do it. He waited till he felt the best time was right because, you know, if they, he'd done it in Cleveland, people would have known. And, that's what, and a lot of people were expecting that to happen, but it didn't. So he waited until, like, okay, you know, people... Because here's the thing. This is, why I, this is why I came out and said in that one video... Tony Khan is going to be in for a war he has never experienced before. A competitive war he has never experienced before. Because, as I've said on previous occasions, this is not NXT versus AEW now. This is Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown versus Dynamite and Rampage. This is, you know, a Triple H who's been given a second lease on life, who has learned from his mistakes. Aches 
and has been known to learn from mistakes he's made, aid, and do better. This is a Triple H that's going to take no prisoners and show that, you know, under his watch, WWE can be what it's always meant to be. be. And that is the best wrestling company, sports entertainment company in the world today. With the best talent. And, you know, with him bringing in Johnny Gagano, you know, like I said, that was probably the nail in the coffin. Well, not nail in the coffin, but that was pretty much the cherry on the top to prove, hey, you know, things have changed. You know, and whether you believe Vince is still running things, like, I'm sure some people believe Tony Khan assumes it's, you know, still true to an extent. Johnny coming back when he did, especially the week, you know, AEW was going to be in Cleveland and people would expect that to be the moment. You know, Johnny coming back when he did, you know, like I said, was, you know, pretty much the uh, cherry on top to prove that, yeah, things have changed and they've changed for the better. And I think it's because the momentum has shifted in WWE's favor under the Triple H watch. And the Triple H effect has been, you know, in such a high gear over the past month now that it's not just affecting what goes on in WWE visually and behind the scenes, but it's also affecting a lot of companies outside of the outside of WWE as well, like AEW, because you can't because no one can tell me or anybody else honestly that Tony Khan wasn't hoping to have Johnny under contract f just in time for the arrival in Cleveland to debut him there. You know, you can't tell me he wasn't, you know, having possible pen and paper in hand and all of a sudden he sees what happens on Monday and pretty much that goes up in smoke. You can't tell me that didn't really, you know, upset him. You know, that didn't piss him off to an extent, um, if you will. Because it probably did. And he didn't like it. He didn't like it. You know, whatsoever. So, I think, honestly, with all the momentum shifting to WWE's favor, and Triple H basically bringing in all these talents that a lot of people believed, you know, bringing, bringing, in, bringing back in, I should say, all these talents that a lot of people believed were going to probably be AEW bound had Vince still been in charge. You know, I think it's getting to, to Tony Khan because now he has to take all these plans possibly that he had, you know, set in motion that he wrote down feeling that they were probably going to be set in stone for a Johnny Gagano, for a Killer Cross, for, you know, a Dakota Kai, maybe, a, you know, maybe for a hit row and all that. Now he's had to scrap them and go in a different direction. And, he, and he's pissed about that. He's pissed about that. And again... That's just the Triple H effect trickling outside of WWE and affecting companies like AEW and affecting people like Tony Khan because Tony Khan believed that he pretty much probably had all these names, you know, uh, locked in to be part of his company. And that's not the case now. And he's just got to deal with it as best he can. But what it's doing is it's throwing him off his game. It's throwing him off his game. And now, like I said, he's got to rearrange a lot of plans that he probably, you know, didn't want to do. He's probably got to switch things up, you know, 
you know, he's got to switch things up, uh, basically uh, on the fly. And that's what's throwing a lot of things out of whack. So I think, honestly, Triple H, the Triple H effect is the second reason why AEW is in the state that it's in, why Tony Khan's acting, you know, is losing control the way he is and all that. The third reason, I believe, in my opinion, if I have my finger just hit the mic there, I do apologize. Let me just uh, adjust that. There we go. Uh, but the third reason, I believe, um, that's happening is, I, is, and, and I've said this before too, and others have pretty much pointed this out to an extent, like a JD, um, if you will, that, you know, Tony Khan's, you know, fan side, if you will, his wrestling fan persona um, pretty much is becoming more how do I put it more prevalent than his promoter side I mean there was a time that it looked like he had a lot of things you know pretty much balanced out but now it's like his fan side has become more influential you know over what he decides to do that it's hurting his business that the fan side of him to please his favorites as a fan growing up like a CM Punk like a Brian Danielson aka Daniel Bryan Chris Jericho you name it you know is affecting his decisions it's affecting his you know way of thinking of how to promote you know and book his show correctly now has he taken the necessary steps recently to try to better that? Absolutely. But still, there are, but still there are more holes being developed that have to be filled, have to be uh, filled and fixed that are still out there, that are still, you know, visible for people to walk and fall right through. And it's all because he's still letting the fan side of him come out he is now there are some that will defend the fact of hey you know what's the what's the big deal about being a fan that's a good thing and as i said before yeah it is it is a good thing if you can balance it right if you can balance it right and one thing um just alex said when i mentioned that you know in a super chat he said that Tony Khan should know enough by now that he, if he knows he can't handle it as much as he says he can, he should hand it over to people that he knows will. Like he suggested William Regal be sort of like a general manager-like person on screen and behind the scenes, you know, that takes care of stuff. I mean, it's no wonder that they had a talent meeting you know, before Dynamite this past Wednesday to kind of assure people, hey, the line of communications are open. Nothing um, is really going on. Don't believe everything you hear. But what's interesting is what happened afterwards. The fact that you did have some talents that were happy to hear, okay, lines of communications are open. You know, some of the rumors and stuff they're hearing about punk and all that, probably just that just rumors, just lies, whatever. But then, on the other side of that, you know, you hear people 
or you hear reports of the fact that there are some talents that were not happy. And you would probably assume that the reason they were not thrilled, you know, with how that talent meeting went and what was said is because they don't believe a word Tony Khan, you know, is saying or Chris Jericho is saying or any of them. They don't believe a word. And the reason being is because if every, if what everything they said is true, then why did Jonathan Grisham want to leave? You know, why did Big Swole leave and all that if what they're saying is true? Because if what they're saying is true, those talents would still be here. Marco Stunt would still be here. Stuff like that. You know, so there's kind of that interesting dynamic of Lots of talents were happy to hear hey, everything's on the up and up, while others were not because obviously they don't believe a word TK was saying in there. You know, along with Jericho and the others that were leading that um, talent meeting. So, obviously Tony Khan, you know, his him being a wrestling fan, you know, that side of him needs to be put in check. He needs to get back to that moment that I think he had at the beginning of AEW where, yes, he did show he was a fan and he was and he understood where fans were coming from and he wanted to give the fans the matches, the dream matches and stuff that we've always wanted. But he also balanced it out as being a good promoter. But I think ever since he signed, you know, talent, someone like a, a CM Punk and a Brian Danielson you know, to his to his roster, not saying that they aren't good acquisitions, you know, they are, especially the CM Punk one, being able to say, hey, I brought CM Punk back to wrestling after, you know, being, you know, seven years away, almost a decade away. I think had he not, you know, signed those two talents to contracts the way he did and started showing favoritism to them right off the bat that I think honestly you know he, I think honestly the wrestling fan side of him wouldn't be so prevalent right now because a lot of people pointed out that he's always it seems that he's kissing up to CM Punk he's kissing up to him he's trying to make everything nice and comfortable for Punk and all that and it's like well if you're doing that, then, you know, if you it's like, well, if you're doing that, then all you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be manipulated as a fan, not as a promoter. Because if you were a promoter, you wouldn't fall for that. And, I, and I'm assuming people will point out what happened on Wednesday, you know, between him and Moxley, Punk and Moxley, is, it, is Tony Khan's way of saying, hey, see... I'm not falling for what Punk... I'm not happy with what Punk did the week prior, and here's my way of showing it. But can that be totally believed? We don't know. We can't really, we can't really say, because we don't really know. But, you know, you know, that's, you know, that's just another re... But that's a, another reason when you look at the state that AEW's in. You know, that the fact that Tony Khan is allowing his wrestling fan side to be more prevalent and influential over his decision making than a promoter or at least finding that decent balance that it se he seemed to find at the beginning of the company's existence. 
So I think, honestly, he needs to find a way to get back to that. Or at least he needs somebody that's going to rein him in and say, Tony, you know, enough's enough. And again, you have to wonder if he had not signed the likes of a Punk or Danielson, if maybe what we're seeing now, you know, the disruption, the chaos, the unpredictability behind the scenes and stuff of AEW, you have to wonder, you know, and Tony Khan pretty much seemingly losing control in the eyes of a lot of folks, you have to wonder if maybe none of that would be the case had he not brought Punk back, had he not signed Danielson, you know, to con- you know to a contract, and just let them be. Let CM Punk live out the rest of his life in solitude, and you know, with with his wife AJ Lee, you know, in all that, or you know, or let Danielson, you know, just you know, let his, you know, spend time with his family, with his daughter Birdie, and. And Brie, and Brie Bella, you know, his wife, and, and then when the time was right, come back to WWE, and, you know, continue, you know, kind of finish his career there. You know, you have to wonder if maybe none of this would be the issue had he just left well enough be. And also you have to think, too, what about Ring of Honor? Everybody says he didn't have to bring Ring of Honor into the equation. He didn't have to buy Ring of Honor. You know, right away, he could have just let it possibly be on its own for a little bit before maybe diving in and, you know, maybe doing a co-ownership with Sinclair Broadcasting. But yet he wanted to own it because he wanted to have a second brand. And again, this shows that, in the eyes of a lot of folks, that he's letting his wrestling fan side of him take more hold over, you know, his decisions and his promoter side. And that all he's doing right now is acting like a wrestling fan with a lot of money that's trying to prove to the bigwigs up north or, you know, far east, hey, look at me. I could do a better job at running not just one but two wrestling companies, and I'm just a fan. I could do a better job than you guys. And what is that doing in the long run? It's hurting both companies. It's hurting both. It's causing a lot of chaos behind the scenes. And you have to wonder what talent like Claudio and Danielson and, you know, that recently came on, you know, Adam Cole, if you will, that recently came on board in the past year. You have to wonder what their mindset is. I mean, yeah, just like they were in WWE, they'll be team players. They'll talk positive about how well things are in AEW. But you have to wonder what the real mindset is. You know, the the seeing firsthand themselves a lot of what's going on, or they're hearing firsthand themselves a lot of what a lot about what's going on. You have to wonder what their mindset is. You have to wonder what my, their mindset is, if you will. It's it's a fact. It's just in the long run, if you're a wrestling fan, and you have the money to buy your own company or start up your own company, that's great. You have the money to sign all this talent to to make your roster noticeable. That's great. But what you need to do is make sure you balance out your fan side and your promoter side. Because if you let the fan side take over more than the promoter side, it's going to be a disaster. And right now, that's seemingly what is the case in AEW. It really is. And the fourth... And final thing, in my opinion, the fourth and final thing 
you know, in my opinion, that I think is a reason why AEW is in the state that it is. You know, besides everything that I've just mentioned. The fourth and final reasoning is you got too is the roster is too big. It is. You can't and and some people might say, well, having a big roster, you know, um makes you know, having a big roster does make sense for the addition of a lot of championships to come into existence. And I'm not saying that's that's not the case. I'm not saying that's not the case, but you know, when you have a big roster, you know, under contract, it it causes a lot of dissension. It causes a lot of talent to feel underutilized. Like, you know, it, it makes them wonder and second guess, why did I even sign here? Why did I come to this company? You know, I mean, they might, I mean, yeah, they'll kind of remind themselves that they came because they want to wrestle. But they also wanted to come because they wanted to prove to the, you know, to everybody else that doubts them that, hey, I can get the job done. I can be this person. I can be this success that you say I cannot be. But, you know, when they see the fact that they're not getting that opportunity because you have a massive roster that is yet to be divided, you know, equally to represent the companies they need to be part of. It it makes a lot of the talent, men and women, second guess why they're even there. I mean, you hear people like Big Swall say what they said. You know, and whether or not you feel that they were putting in the effort or not, it's like, you know, did they have a point? Did they have a point? You look at someone like Jonathan Grisham, who was the Ring of Honor champion, you have to wonder if he had a point. And you hear all the other similar stories, like from Marco Stat and many others. You know, you have to wonder if they all had a point of the fact of, you know, because you have this massive roster, they weren't getting the opportunity that they believed they deserved. I mean, you had Marco Stat as part of Jurassic Express. That right there is a surefire win for anybody, in my opinion. A surefire win. But what happens? What happens, huh? You know, what happens? You know, he ends up being released or asking for his release because, you know, he's getting overshadowed by who? Christian Cage. Another ex-WWE star. It's like, what is going on here? It's like, you know, he's, you know, he's thinking to himself, why did I even sign a contract? Why? Why did I even let myself be part of this? I mean, a good example, in my opinion, is someone like Britt Baker. Yeah, Britt's getting an opportunity to be the interim women's champion at All Out, and that's great. I think everybody would agree she was probably the most prolific women's champion in AEW history, brought a lot of attention to that division and that title. But you have to wonder, if she's not thinking to herself, why did I even sign with this company? Yeah, I got a reign, one of the longest, if not the longest reign as women's champion in this company's short history. But why did I even sign in a, a contract if I'm not going to be showcased as much as I should? And I'm not saying she wasn't, she was, but, you know, even when... But there were times, even as champion, that she wasn't shown as much. And even now, more, so, more 
she's shown even less more than usual. But you have to wonder if she even thought that. Like, why did I even sign? Why did I even come here? You know, Adam Cole, you know, her, her boyfriend, if you will, fiance, whatever he is. You have to wonder if he and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are like, why did we even sign with this company? Yeah, we're going to be involved in the storyline with the elite. But why did we even come here if we're not going to be showcased as much? You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? You know, there's a lot of talent, men and women, that are probably looking at this massive roster that they're a part of, you know, and wondering where did that opportunity that we were promised go? You know, and not only that, again, wondering why they even sign with a company that said, oh, we're going to give you opportunity, whose owner said they'd give you opportunity, and yet where is it? It's nowhere. It's nowhere. I mean, you're hearing stories about Miro, the former Rusev. You know, you have to be wondering what his thoughts are. Yeah, he's involved in the storyline with Malachi Black in the House of Black right now, but, you know, you have to wonder what his thoughts are. You know, on the fact that he's not getting as much TV time as he should. And you have to think about the House of Black themselves. This storyline they have with Miro and Sting and Darby Allen. You know, you have to wonder what they're thinking of, you know, the whole situation. Like, why are we being regulated to a taped, you know, uh, episode of Rampage when we should be promoting this program with Miro on a live edition of Dynamite? It's all because of the roster. It's all because of the roster. That's what it is. The, 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 the point that I'm getting at is... You have to condense your roster. Yeah, people might complain that WWE and even Impact have small rosters, but guess what? Everybody gets an opportunity to shine on in those companies. They do. AEW, it's like, you know, yeah, certain people get a chance to shine, but not everybody. And when nobody really gets a chance to shine, it makes them wonder, why are they even there? Why do they even sign a contract? And that is what causes dissension. That is what causes distrust and chaos and causes someone like Tony Khan to lose control. So that's the fourth and final reason I think AEW is in the state that it's in right now. I really do. One, you know, Tony Khan is trying to please his new distributing bosses at Warner Brothers Discovery. Two, Triple H's effect, the Triple H effect, if you will, is having more of an effect outside of WWE in places like AEW than we can imagine. Three, Tony Khan is letting his fan, wrestling fan side of his persona take over and influence his decision-making more so than his wrestling promoter side. And four, the roster is too big. And it has to be divided. You got two wrestling companies. Divide the rosters equally. Between those companies. Because right now if you don't. You have them all under one roof. It doesn't make for perfect harmony. Because again you have people wondering. Why did they even sign with this company? Why are they even here? So to me. In closing this is what. I, this is where, oh, not where, but why I see AEW is in the state that it's in. Because of the fact that 
you know, you have all these situations happening at once, and it's not. It is. It, it is not a. It is not a pretty picture to paint, you know, for a company like AEW because now you're going to have people coming out eventually. Not now. Not right away. But eventually, if things don't shape up, you're going to have a lot of people coming out and saying that AEW is not going to last much longer. And a lot of these talents that are former WWE talents, former Impact talents, they're going to probably wish they stayed with the companies they were once part of or eventually end up with those companies, you know, once again, sooner rather than later. So, those are just my thoughts on why AEW is in the state that it's in. That's just Those are just my thoughts. But what are your thoughts, guys? Comment below. Live chat, Donna Pamir. Like the video. Check out my Teespring store. Check me out at my podcast at BWS Discussions where you'll be at all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. Also check me out at Vimo at BW Roses for content you can't get anywhere else. Also support me at Venmo at Brian-Warmer-2 and at Cash App at BW Roses 98. Also support me at Patreon.com with the $1 or $3 tier. But let me, but guys, I just wanted to come on here, give you my thoughts. Let me know what your thoughts are. Do you agree with some of the reasons I made in this video as to why AEW is in the state that it's in? How do you feel about, you know, the state that AEW is in? Do you, like I said, do you agree with them? Or do you think there's other reasonings? Let me know in the comments. It is in the live chat during the premiere. And until next time, guys, I am out. I'll talk to you all later.